clear is greater than clever. I thought titles were clever because I looked at four hour work week and I was like, oh, that's so clever, right? But that's not what it is. You don't want them to say, what is that? You want them to say, how do I get that? Think Media Podcast, I am so fired up for today's episode with Rory Vaden. Now, if you're just meeting Rory, he's the New York Times bestselling author of multiple books that are definitely worth checking out, Procrastinate on Purpose, Take the Stairs, but he's also started multiple seven and eight figure companies. He's an expert in personal branding and helping you clarify and monetize your message. And he's a world-class human being, family man, leader. He works with some of the best and the brightest influencers that you would know. And today he's going to be breaking down insights on how we can title our projects better. Titles are so important. He actually shared these tips with me in Nashville Mm. um, at his headquarters. And uh, we learned about the five title tests. So we have a lot to cover today on the podcast. So buckle your seatbelts. And Rory, welcome back to the podcast. How's it going today? Man, I'm doing great. I'm fired up. And uh, yeah, I I will say this right up front. We have never shared the content we're going to share here at this depth in a free training ever. Um, Like this is usually something we teach for the members and uh, those of you that are watching on the YouTube channel, you you can see the backyard, which is where you were, Sean. You were over here at the house. And we were having a casual conversation among uh, friends, and this this topic came up m- mostly from the most expensive marketing mistake I ever have made in my life. And, and I say I, everything is we. My wife and I uh, built our former company together. We sold that in 2018. It was a roll up of um, five different PLs that were all you know seven figure businesses. Um, AJ is my co-founder at Brand Builders Group. She's the CEO of the company. Um, you know, also my wife, mother of our our two boys, and so we do everything together. But this this content around titles is particularly important because it's it's heartbreaking. Like for me personally, this is the most expensive mistake that I've ever made in terms of a technical mistake because I didn't understand what makes a great title, um, which is what we were talking about in the Vaden Villa backyard. And then you were like, dude, we're going to make this into a podcast. So never been shared before. Well, I'm fired up and I don't want to take too time too long before we get into it. But um, I think some context around why this was even a conversation and to see it a little bit on the podcast, Heather Torres is releasing her first book in probably the first quarter of 2022. So that's something to get ready for. And that's, you know, when you're thinking about writing a book, you're thinking about, man, how do I come up with a good book title? And you're like, well, there's actually title tests. And I was like, well, what are the tests? And you're like, well, there's five of them. (laughs) Um, But if you're listening to the podcast today, you know, it might not be a book that you want to write, but maybe you even want to make a title for a compelling freemium or lead magnet that you want everyone to download. Maybe Mm. you want to name an online course or a mini course that you create. And there could be the difference between uh, a name that just really creates interest and gets people pumped or just kind of falls flat and doesn't sound that interesting. Maybe you're trying to name your YouTube channel or maybe you're trying to name a show on your YouTube channel or a podcast. You know, um, this podcast is just called our brand name, the Think Media Podcast. But recently I was uh, listening to an episode where they were brainstorming names and and there was a vegan content creator. And they're like, what if you called your show The Vegan Wars? Or what did you, what if you called your show The Yummy Vegan? And they're just talking, they were going through, you know, naming different brands when it comes to social media or shows within our brands is an incredibly important aspect of what we do. And so let's mm-hmm. get into the test, Rory. What's what's uh, what's the first test? Yeah. So um, the, 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 the first test is called the I want blank test. And it is the the simplest and we believe the single most profound test. Um, and and the. Th- it's this simple. And and when I tell you, you're going to be like, no way. But I'm telling you, we analyze titles. We have clients on the New York Times bestseller list. We're watching titles constantly. And again, this points back to the biggest mistake that I've ever made in my life, which I'll fill you in on as we kind of go. But the first test is so simple, is you just take your title and you insert it at the end of this phrase, I want blank. 
if you can take your title or your proposed title and drop it in at the end of that sentence, and if it's a, oh, hell yeah, then that's a great title. But if it is a, hmm, what does that mean? If it is a, no, that doesn't make sense. If it is, or if it's not something that you want, it doesn't work. And some of the greatest book titles and, you know, Brand Builders Group, we are mostly, we do one-on-one coaching for brands. And so we help people with like, you know, book launches is one of the things that comes up in their, their course of their time with us. So we're, it's not just for books specifically, but if you just think about books, um, the single greatest title that we will probably see in the history of our lifetime is four hour work week. I want a four hour work week. Um, everybody gets it. Um, that applies to everybody. It is, it is super clear on exactly, uh, what it is. Um, but there's lots of examples to this, Sean. So you've got, um, there are hundreds of thousands of Bible devotionals, like daily devotionals that have been created, but the one that sold tens of millions of copies, Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. I want a purpose-driven life. Um, I want the secret. I want to win friends and influence people. I want good to great. I want to think and grow rich. That's amazing. I don't even have to do anything. I can just think and grow rich. It is, it's epic. Uh, this goes on and on and on. Uh, Dave Ramsey, I want financial peace. Robert Cialdini, I want influence. T. Harv Eker, I want secrets of the millionaire mind. Um, Tony Robbins released a, a, one of his more recent books, I Want Money. Like the title of the book is called Money. And um, it is, I want seven habits of highly effective people. I want the happiest baby on the block. Like if you're a mom, you know, with a, a baby, you've heard of this book, The Happiest Baby on the Block. I want blank. Well, with my second book, um, the book is, is uh, what we did was we released that we had strategically planned to release my TED Talk at the same time my book came out. And we thought, oh man, if we could have a viral TED Talk that went with the book right at the same time, that would be the ultimate. Here's what happened. They both came out at the same time same messenger, same exact content. My TED talk went viral. We have like 4 million views. It's it's I do get hired a lot for speaking off of it, but my book doesn't sell that well. I mean, we've sold ten, like 30,000 units or something through retail, but much less than our first book Take the Stairs. And and why? Well, Procrastinate on Purpose is the name of the book. I thought it was so clever. I was like, oh, no one's ever heard that. It's so intriguing. It's, it's you know, like you, you're you going to go like, what is that? Like, I've never, I can't believe that. Like, what is that? But when they asked me for the title of the TED Talk, I didn't even think about it. They just said, what's it about? And I said, oh, how to multiply time. Well, I want to multiply time. Hell yeah. It's the one thing everybody wants. And we literally figured out how to multiply time. Like it's not an exaggeration. It's a world changing view on time management. But I want to procrastinate on purpose. Eh, doesn't pass the test. It, it Nobody wants to procrastinate. We want the opposite of procrastination. We want action. Like we want results. We want progress. It is so simple. Just take whatever you're thinking of your title, drop it in. I want blank. If it, if it passes, you're, you're 90% of the way there. And this is just test one of five. And so if you can pass all five tests, because probably I think about, you know, and we could talk about this live here. What do you think about YouTube secrets? I mean, people, I want YouTube secrets. I do. I, I probably want the secrets of YouTube. Is that pretty good? Yeah. Here's why. So that's actually a good fit, Sean, to the second test, which is the clarity test. Okay, so I want YouTube secrets. If you take these five title tests, you could basically score each of them individually, which is what we will do for our clients. Like we will give them a grade on each of these and then we'll come up with an average grade and we'll go, this is this is how we think this title will perform. And it's it's shockingly accurate. But the second test is called the clarity test. Um, it's this simple. The more a title needs to be explained, the less effective it is. And procrastinate on purpose. Okay. To use myself as a horrible case study again, right? The book is not about procrastinating. The book is about how to multiply time. I'll tell you the, the premise of the whole book and, and Ted talk is this. 
You multiply time by spending time on things today that create more time tomorrow. That's how you multiply time. You spend time on things today that create more time tomorrow. Well, procrastinate on purpose is one of the five techniques because if you can procrastinate on the trivial stuff, the stupid stuff, then that creates margin for yourself that you can then use to reallocate into the things that multiply your time. The things you spend time on today that give you more time tomorrow, okay? The fact that it just took me 37 seconds to explain what procrastinating on purpose means doesn't mean the concept's bad. It's a great, it's a righteous concept. It means it sucks as a title. Um, on the other hand, when I say multiply your time, what do you think that book is about? There is no confusion. It's completely clear. And if you're taking notes, here's what I want you to write down. This is this is the, the big lesson on this one. Clear is greater than clever. Clear is greater than clever. I thought titles were clever because I looked at four hour work week and I was like, oh, that's so clever, right? But that's not what it is. It's not about it clever. It's about being clear. You don't want people to say, what is that? See, I actually accomplished the objective I set out with procrastinate on purpose. People read it and they go, that's interesting. What is that? I've never heard of that. But that's not what you want them to do. So I accomplished the objective. I just accomplished the wrong objective. The objective is not to get them to say, wow, what is that? I've never heard of that or that's different or that's unique or interesting. You don't want them to say, what is that? You want them to say, how do I get that? So you don't want a title to be intriguing. You want a title to be enticing. And that was how we failed the second test, which was the clarity test. So we were automatically off to a bad start with the title, um, procrastinating on purpose. And that's, you know, this is why the book isn't selling as well. And would you say, because I love that, you know, on your personal brand, your business, anything online, if you confuse, you lose. Clarity is power. That's a Donald and Miller. If you confuse, you lose. That's a Donald you, Miller. Yep. And if you want, clever is good, would you would you say clever is good if it's not at the sacrifice of clarity? Because four-hour work, work week is clever, but it's still completely clear as far as what it's about. So if you could do both, should you try to do both? I think you you it's possible. But what I would say is don't pursue clever. Like clever is not... You by pursuing clever, all you're going to do is risk clarity and you're not going to gain that much. Instead of pursuing intriguing, pursue enticing. Four hour work week works not because it's clever, it works because it's enticing. We all want a four hour work week. Here's another way of thinking about this. And this was, you know, again, this is something we tell our, our, our coaching clients all the time because I was so bad at this. Like this, you can probably tell it's, it's, it's still heartbreaking for me to teach and talk on this. But if you were to think about this as a trip, right? The, um, the title should be the destination. The content is the vehicle. Okay. So the, what a lot of people do is is they try to market what we say. They market the message. They try to market the vehicle. Uh, so that's another common mistake is they'll take their message and they'll make their message the title. Um, and that is a mistake. You want to market the destination. Market where people end up. Don't market the journey. Don't market the vehicle. Market the destination. Um People want to end up with multiplying time. Procrastinate on purpose is one of five vehicles that we teach in the book for how to create margin to multiply time. But we are we were marketing a one of the vehicles rather than the destination, which was how to multiply time. And you actually see this a lot. A lot of times people will try to have a clever title and then they'll have a, a clear subtitle and they missed it. It's like, they should, if anything, they should flip it. The subtitle should be, you know, first, because it's like, this is what you get as a result of downloading this lead magnet, watching this free course, reading this blog article, like listening to this podcast episode. Um, the, you know, like, so yeah, that's the clarity test. We might have discussed this before too. And, and, I, and I like filtering because I immediately started to think about my personal properties, my brands, the things I've titled. And one is our signature course. It's called 
video ranking academy. We have something like 8,000 students in it. People love it. I was thinking that it, it is the vehicle. I'm not fully explaining the vehicle. There's seven R's in it. And the destination having ranked videos is good. But as I have been through the years now and the iterations of the course, and then I'm hearing your title test, I want to rank my videos on YouTube. Well, probably true. Um, is it clear? Okay, well, if you understand ranking, and that sometimes needs to be explained. But in hindsight, I've thought I want to be a full-time YouTube creator, or I want to have the path to, or or a YouTube millionaire, or whatever. Any thoughts? Just on these first two tests, my mm -hmm. signature product is called Video Ranking Academy. What would you score that on the uh, uh -huh. clarity? So you're just going for free consulting here. Now I understand <laughs> uh, right. why I'm here. Okay. So if you were to think about a continuum on this side, right at the beginning would be um, confusing. Then you would have intriguing, right? Then you would have enticing. Then you would have irresistible. But then on the far end, depending on your brand, I would say you have unbelievable. Okay. So you got to play your game on this continuum. So Video Ranking Academy, I would score that as pretty high. I would, I would score that as enticing, not irresistible. Irresistible would be Viral Video Academy or Video Traffic Academy um, or, you know, Video, you know, video viewership academy maybe like those those kind of thing academy is clear academy signals or suggests a course or a program so that's good videos is clear you know youtube would be even more narrow which could be good or bad depending on what you're going for but video ranking academy is very solid i would give that a b plus or an a minus you could press the limits by going viral video academy I want viral videos like that would be more on this spectrum. Now, pushing it a little further, you would say YouTube millionaire. I'm pretty sure a book called Become a YouTube Millionaire would crush, Sean. Like it, it probably would crush. At some point, you got to figure out how does that reconcile with your brand characteristics? There's an exercise we take clients through called our brand characteristics list. Um and if you push it too far, you kind of start to approach the, there's a sliminess factor. There's a, a dis, an unbelief factor. There's a, there's a gimmicky factor that starts to show up. So it's a balance, but video ranking Academy is, is, is solid. I think you could press the limits more. Uh, and again, if you think about that, that metaphor of the journey that you're taking people on, um, you know, if you're going from San Francisco to New York and New York is viral video Academy, I think video ranking Academy is like Virginia. Like you're, 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 you're pretty far out there. Whereas if you called it the seven R's to great videos, now you're back in Arizona. Um, so I, it's this continuum and we're constantly trying to evaluate and kind of, you know, balance, um, you know, these are just two of the tests though. There's other, there's other sure. tests that also factor. And I'm excited to get into test three. I like that you brought up, you know, also having your own brand awareness, like knowing what your own brand DNA is, as you described, yeah. because I probably wouldn't want to create the course, write the book called YouTube Millionaire, to your point. Like I would, I personally, Feels but uh, for you. Cause it'd be off brand for me for sure. Uh, but man, these tests are so powerful. And, and by the way, today's episode is brought to you by freebrandcall.com forward slash think. That is actually how you can get a free strategy call, uh, with Rory's team at brand builders. Um, we've been working with them. In fact, uh, we, I recently just went through some coaching for my personal brand and thinking about navigating the next couple of years of where do I want to go? Where's think media going? Um, I think if you haven't listened to the other episode in our library where Rory talked all about personal branding, you'll discover that he has a particular set of skills that makes him incredibly powerful, he and his team, for how do you build and monetize your personal brand? And how do you really stand out in a crowded marketplace? So anyways, um, the cool thing about a strategy call is, of course, there's ways to work with him and his team, but you will learn so much just on the free call in terms of assessing where you're at on the journey, um, et cetera. So again, you can check that out in the show notes, freebrandcall.com forward slash think if you want to get access to that and can't recommend them enough. That's who we work with in terms of shaping and developing our personal
personal brand. We're only on just two tests so far. <laughs> and man, if you already passed these tests, well, you'd probably be ahead of most people titling their books, products, and programs. But what's number three? Yeah. So number three, also extremely simple. It's called the positive energy test. So words, colors, and images all have energy. This is deeply rooted in um, the neuroscience of the human brain. And let me tell you, one of the ways we figured this out was from my son Jasper when he was three years old. So if you come in, I'm a huge book nerd. I'm just a reader. I've always been a, a, a personal development, just geek. That's how I got into the industry, right? As um, basically spent 20 years like reading and studying all these books. But in my office, I've got hundreds of business books and personal development books and all this stuff. Well, when our three-year-old son Jasper walks into my office out of hundreds of books, he will always grab the same book. The book is called Made to Stick. It's written by Chip and Dan Heath. Um, it's actually a really great book, but Jasper cannot read. <laughs> Clearly, he's not interested in the subject matter. Clearly, he's not a fan of the authors. Clearly, it's not the title that grabbed his attention. What is it? Well, if you've ever seen that book, Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath, the entire book is bright, flamboyant orange. The whole book is bright orange. Jasper is drawn to the color. Um, and so we noticed this trend started to happen. In fact, going back to four-hour work week, some of you will remember when the book first came out and Tim Ferriss is just such a freaking genius in so many ways and uh, marketing for sure. Originally, that book came out, it was white and it had like kind of a deep gold bottom. It was like split. Um, but when they re-released... Then the revised edition, the whole book is bright orange, right? So it has that positive energy. Um, and then what's the image on the cover? The image on the cover of Four Hour Work Week is a dude in a hammock laying around between two palm trees. Um, so simple and clear and powerful and brilliant. Um, and so words, colors, um, images. Uh, Gretchen Rubin is somebody who's a friend of ours, not, not a brand builders group client, but she's done, you know, we've had her on our podcast. She's done some free trainings for our community, et cetera. Gretchen Rubin's biggest selling book is the happiness project. What is the word, the giant word across the cover? Happiness. I want happiness. Giant. Um, there is, uh, you know, John Gordon is a good friend of ours. He's written dozens of books. The book that sells the most it's been like a over a decade since it's come out. It still says two, it sells two thousand units every single work every single week. The book is called The Energy Bus. Bright yellow cover, biggest word right across the center of of the cover. Energy in big in big letters. Um, by the way, the word procrastinate. Okay, the word multiply, positive or negative energy. Sean, t fill it in for us here. Positive, positive or energy. negative? Positive. positive, multiply, exponential growth, expansive. Like uh, it's hugely positive. How about the word procrastinate? Negative. Mo most yeah. negative word in the English language other than death, right? <laughs> and I fought to have this word, not only across the cover, I fought for it to be emboldened. I wanted raised lettering. I was so convinced this was such a good title. What idiot <laughs> would ever use this word, procrastinate, um, procrastinate uh, right across the cover. So it's, it's, it's terrible, but there's so many examples. Here's another great one, okay? I've never read this book, but it has sold, I think nine, 10 million copies. Um, there are so many books, Sean, on home organizing, so many. And from what I understand about this particular book, it's not a bad book, but it's also not revolutionary in a way of home organizing that is saying things that nobody has ever said or thought of. But the book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Uh, Marie Kondo's second book was called Spark Joy, also sold for four or five million copies. Um, so 
it's it's so simple, right? Even even words, uh, even titles, uh, which we'll talk about why this one works in a second. The fifth title test, um, the subtle art of not giving an F. Okay, so F, you know, the F word is negative energy, but if that book, okay, what's the color? What's the color of the cover? Bright orange. Once again, like it's it's bright. It's attention grabbing. Uh, it, it pulls you in. And also people don't, what do I want? I want to not give an F. I want to be free from stress. That's another way of saying it. But, you know, not give an F actually has a bit of a positive energy. Whereas it was like, you know, live stress-free. The word stress is risky. Even though I do want to live stress-free, putting the word stress in big letters across the cover, just like the word procrastinate, it's a risky word. It's not about the logical coherence of the sentence structure or the title. It's each independent individual word. A word like ranking is positive energy. Like it's it's a positive energy. Um, and it's not over the it's not over the top. Words like viral are positive energy. Words like millionaire, positive energy. Um, so it's the positive energy test. And it's again, super, super duper simple. Chicken soup for the soul is positive energy. Daring greatly, positive energy. Uh, one of our other good friends, Hal Elrod, miracle morning. Miracle, big giant word across the cover, positive energy. Um, that's the third test. So number one, I want blank. I want to think and grow rich. Clarity test number two. Um, how do I get that? How do I ultimately understand? How do I think and grow rich? I want to be enticed. Number three, positive energy test. And so what's number four? All right. So number four is a, is a, a little bit more nuanced. This one is called the native tongue test. The native tongue test. Anytime you can use a title that specifically triggers a, like a, a, a niche audience, it often is very effective because um, part of how you cut through the noise is by speaking with specificity. That's a strategy for cutting through noise. And if you listen to the other training that that Sean and I did, you'll hear us talk about Sheehan's wall and this concept of uh, how there's the biggest problem is noise and you get absorbed into the noise. And how do you create, how do you put out a signal that is pristine and distinct and clear of all that noise? Uh, or if you do the free call with us, but um, the native tongue is a way to send a very clear signal that cuts through the noise. It, it speaks precisely to your avatar. And there's some great examples of this. Um, what to expect when you're expecting. Okay. If you are a, if you're a mother and you're having your first child, again, it does pass the, I want test. I want to know what to expect when you're expecting. Um, but it's really native tongue. It, it, it grabs a mom, happiest baby on the block. It grabs a, a, a mom. Uh, there's a, a huge book the last few years that's been out. It's called never split the difference. Um, it's by Chris Voss, who is a former FBI hostage negotiator. And it's about, how to negotiate. Well, if you're someone who negotiates for a living, split the difference is a is a phrase, it's a vernacular that speaks to you. You know exactly what that means. So, anyone who's interested in negotiation, it it signals like again, in a very precise, pristine, a uh, clear way, this book is for you. Um Blitz scaling is another great example of a, of a book that's been out. Like if you are in the Silicon Valley and you're in that VC world of like funding, you know, finding unicorns and funding them and growing them quickly and selling them off for millions of dollars. Blitz scaling is a term that entrepreneurs uh, under understand. Uh, the lean startup, you know, is another book that's really lends itself well to uh, this this native tongue. So one of the exercises, oh, by the way, all like every lesson that we teach, we couple all these lessons with exercises that we put people through um, to help them like apply this. So one of the exercises here is super simple. We just say, make a list of all of the jargon that your audience uses, terms that no one else uses that are specific to them, right? YouTube secrets is native tongue test. It, half of being found is being 
unfound on purpose, like being overlooked on purpose, right? So, you know, if I'm if I'm looking for social media tactics in general, YouTube secrets might speak to me, but it, it, it might not. But if I'm not interested in YouTube, I'm automatically self-selecting out of your audience. But But when you make it so clear that someone can select out of your audience, by virtue of doing that, you're also making it very clear who should self-select into that audience, like what to expect when you're expecting. Um, so this one is, I would say, less ubiquitous. It's, it's a, you know, I, I probably wouldn't, for me personally, you know, I'm so convicted, we're so convicted, AJ and I, like our podcast is, is you know, a very boring title. The reason we went with boring is because it's clear, so, right? Because it's like, I will never fail that test again, the I want test and the clarity test. So native tongue's a little bit riskier, um, but it's, boy, it can be super effective. Great thing to use as a test on a lead magnet or the name of a video or a blog article, something that you're not anchored to the rest of your career. Man, I love that. And it was interesting because never split the difference um, uh, is a book I've heard about, was recommended, is something, I'd probably be a, an outsider audience that would like, and I ended up buying the book, I haven't read it yet, because because of the reviews, because it was recommended. But as you said, that's a term insiders would understand. And by putting never, there's also like a shock to that. It kind of reminds me of like Jesus communicating, who, uh, you know, we both agree is among uh, among other things powerful in our life, one of the best communicators, the best communicator leader. And he would often say like, you've heard it said, and he would quote something people understood, but then he would take a contrarian approach. But I tell you, it's not an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I'd say turn the other cheek. And he would then share this illuminating. So is that kind of what never the split the difference is doing? It's sort of saying, okay, if there's maybe jargon in your industry or mindsets in your industry, like strengths finders, incredibly powerful. I've heard it taught even by some to say, uh, I mean, I'll even say who it was. I remember Brennan Burchard was saying, Strengths finders isn't even relevant anymore. He's actually like, whether true or not, he was taking a polarizing contrarian approach by saying right. new, new data would tell us and, and actually saying, so what's in the audience's mind? And then of course, not being a gimmick, but can, with, with conviction by potentially being polarizing to that, is there a strategy that could be used there? Could that be a way to use date of tongue? Cause they understand the jargon, but you're taking a contrarian approach. Uh, yeah, potentially. But um, look, I want to, to strengths finder. I want to find my strengths. Uh, we just interviewed Tom Rath on our podcast a, a few weeks ago. That book is sold 10 million copies. It's the number one all time best selling book on Amazon. There's no book on Amazon that has sold more than that book. Like, uh, so you can take the he, here's what being contrarian does. Um, it grabs attention. Uh and uh, this actually points to the fifth test, Sean. The fifth test is what we call the memorability test. The memorability test. Being remembered is half the battle and gaining someone's attention is the only way to even have a chance to be remembered. So Brendan Burchard, who is also a brilliant marketer, um, if he comes out and says something like that's irrelevant, it's going to capture attention. It's going to capture interest and eyeballs, but then you're going to have to quickly segue to something that's super valuable or, you know, whatever. Um, but um, I think, you know, it's about grabbing attention. It's what clickbait is. Clickbait is grabbing attention. It works, right? Like, uh, you know, come see inside Angela Jolie's, you know, private bathroom, right? People are going to click on that. Like um, the, you know, 10 most disgusting surgeries that have ever happened. People are gonna are gonna click on that because it it's it is shocking, um, and again half the battle here is just breaking through the noise. It's just being seen, and so there's these different ways to do that. But you you got to do it. Clickbait to me is a very low form way of doing it, but in some ways the I want blank test is kind of it is kind of that way, you know. So it's it's a gradient scale here, um, but the memorability test. Uh, this is where shock factor shows up. This is also where metaphors show up. So by the way, right? So um, procrastinate on purpose, 
we've talked about why this book, the titles suck, but take the stairs was the first book. I want to take the stairs. Nope. Doesn't pass that. Is it clear? Not really take the stairs. Uh, you know, it sounds a little bit like, is there a fire or, you know, is this an exercise book? I'm, if you've never heard it, but the, the, um, it's not, it's kind of positive energy. It's a little bit active energy. It's certainly not native tongue test unless there's a group of, you know, avid stair climbers out there in the world, but here's where, it, here's where take the stairs wins. If you've ever read the take the stairs book, or if you've ever heard my signature, take the stairs talk about how most people in life take the escalator. But the truth about success is it's not about taking the escalator. Success is about taking the stairs, doing the things you know you should be doing that you don't feel like doing. If you've ever read the book or heard me give that talk, you will never, ever, ever look at an escalator and not think of me. The anchor is so strong. The metaphor is so strong and clear that people remember it and they actually do it. People are in the airport with a group of friends. Everyone gets on the escalator. One person takes the stairs. Why are you doing this? Ah, it's this book I read about blah, 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 blah. And it, so take the stairs. The, it has a long tail. It sells well long-term because it propagates naturally. The problem with take the stairs is it's not enticing. So it doesn't attract strangers. So it propagates very nicely through the existing community and fans but it doesn't appeal to people if they've never heard of me. Like if they don't know me, they've never heard me explain it, they're not gonna just buy it off the shelf. They will though go, oh, you know what? I think my friend was telling me about this book and and it and it, it's very memorable. Um, you know, there's some other reasons why, but that's, that's why Take the Stairs sells well is it scores off the chart on the memorability test for the people who actually read it. Um, this is why cuss words work. Cuss words are memorable. Um, and, and they are pattern interrupts, you know, the subtle, and, but here's, what's interesting about cuss words. Cause you see a lot of these right now. You are a bad a, the subtle art of not giving an F, you know, you know, un F yourself. And, and a lot of these titles have done really well. The more that people start to use cuss words in titles, the less effective that strategy will become, uh, is, is what we think now they're always still shocking. So what a cuss word does is it gets you attention, but it, it also creates risk because it's going to turn some people off, right? It's, it's it, you know, in a corporate market, like in the keynote speaking market where, you know, we built a lot of our career originally was, you know, I, I get paid a lot of money to come and do a keynote. Hard for someone to hire, you know, the guy to, to, that uses F-bombs all over this and, and that and everywhere in a corporate environment. Now for associations, it's a different story where it's a bunch of individuals coming. So, you know, there's, there's trade-offs here, but, um, girl, wash your face. Great example. Fails all the other tests. It's not something you want. It's not clear. It's not really positive energy. It's not native tongue other than girl is pretty native tongue. Um, but wash your face is a metaphor. Rachel Hollis is saying, dust yourself off, right? Like just wash your face and keep going. It's a metaphor. Brian Tracy has written dozens of book. His best-selling book of all time, Eat That Frog. Why? Because if you eat a frog first thing in the morning, i.e. do your most difficult task first thing in the morning, the rest of your day will be easier. If you don't, if you just see Eat That Frog and you have no context, you're not going to buy that book. But anyone who's read it, Eat That Frog becomes a part of their culture, their language. They think about it. They use it every day. Um, and you know it it propagates it propagates nicely. So That's these are the tests. And Brian Tracy's book, I would argue, has become to a point some cultural vernacular even for people who have not read it. That really has reverberated. Yes. I've never read the book. I was familiar that he wrote it, understood the concept. Maybe I heard him describe it in a leadership talk or an audio soundbite. I kind of got the big idea. And it was brought up on one of our staff meetings recently um, for, for, again, whether people have read it or not, they're like, oh, yeah, that's that's that mindset of get up early. Um, well, I love it. Listen, we're going to do a lightning round because, uh, uh, you know, if you're getting value and you're, you're watching or listening to this on YouTube, of course, we'd love if you drop a like, if you want to try to coerce Rory to come back on the podcast in the future. These are some <laughs> of the most valuable episodes. And this is really like a masterclass that could be helpful to us. In just a second, I kind of want to take Rory's wealth of knowledge and get his 
point of view and perspective on some of the top books out there, some of my favorite authors, so we can mm. learn from that uh, in, a, in a lightning round and we'll maybe grade a few books and, and talk about why they worked or not. But I do want to encourage you, um, one of the most powerful things you can do if you want to really strengthen your personal brand is connect with uh, Rory and his team. And again, this uh, episode today is brought to you by freebrandcall.com forward slash think. So definitely take advantage of that resource. Free call. And uh, they're going to give you a lot of strategy that you can put into practice and maybe um, going deeper with them and working with them will work. If if it doesn't work, hey, take advantage of some of the insights you can get with them speaking directly into your situation. And the website for that, again, is freebrandcall.com forward slash think. In our final minutes here, uh, I think this could be one of the most fun times. I like Rory am an avid reader. I'm obsessed with books. I, um, I'm always, I buy books all the time. Amazon boxes are showing up to my house all the time. And I have a couple uh, favorite authors. I am curious, um, Rory, Seth Godin, um, Purple Cow title mm-hmm. test. Successful book. Um, I, I'm not sure you know how successful. I know you have industry Mem- insights. Memorability. Memorability. It passes the memorability test. That also has become vernacular in the marketing world. But uh, here's another thing, Sean. You cannot watch what famous authors do or famous personal brands do and model off them. They've already broken through the wall. You have to look at people who are just breaking through the wall or go back 20 years ago to how they broke through the wall. The other thing that you should know on this is platform trumps all of this. If you have a huge audience, if you're Oprah, you can call your book whatever the freak you want. People are going to buy it because you're Oprah. You're Michelle Obama. It doesn't matter. If you're The Rock, call your book whatever you want. You're going to sell a ton. But if you're Rory Vaden and not everybody knows you and you're just one voice amongst a sea of noise, that's where this stuff... And so that's where you got to be careful looking at Mm. celebrities. And Seth has spent years and years and decades building followership. He built a platform. He has consistency. And now he has so much reputation, it doesn't matter. But Purple Cow wins because of the memorability test, not the others. We're getting into the gold right here because that right there is a major unlock. You don't want to be, we encourage people to do that on YouTube. They go, well, well, Casey Neistat vlogs like this. Why can't I just vlog about my daily <laughs> yeah. life? To get the-? You're like, well, okay, let's like play it back to where he is today and, and how, you know, what did he do when he started? That's a powerful question. And so if, let's talk about Gary Vaynerchuk. He launches Crush It number one, which I think passed all kinds of tests. Why now is the time to cash in on your passion? In yep. fact, that was the very book in 2009 that originally imp- that launched I him. Even launched it launched him. That's how I discovered him. So later on, he can launch Ask Gary V, which is an insular name. It's yeah. just, <clears throat> but it doesn't matter because platform trumps everything. Platform trumps everything. Yeah, d- yeah, you can't. You go. Yeah, Gary V doesn't matter. He's in that. But think about crush it. I want to crush it. It's clear. Um, it's positive energy, right? Now the book, the book cover was black, if I remember. But the words crush it, if I remember, are bright green. Um, but you know, I think if he would re-release that as bright green, and then the and then the, the the things were black, that would be better. But but very clear and and cash in on your passion. I mean, that that might have even been a better title. Again, to take the subtitle, cash in on your passion, great subtitle. Four-hour work week, by the way, you know, escape the nine to five and join the new rich. Psh, these guys are geniuses. Man, that's incredible. And and Gary did do a version 2.0, crushing it, and it was yellow. So it went the total, it was sort of that... Uh, Dan Heath book you were recommending, right? Or mentioning uh, yeah. Made to Stick. It's sort of that same idea. A, a bright color took it in a whole different direction than that original but book like, color. On Gary V, jab, 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 right hook. It does, It's not a good title. It's a great concept. Give, 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 ask. But there's two things there. One, it needs to be explained. And two, that is the message. Not That's the vehicle, not the destination. He's putting the strategy on the cover. Here's what you should do, right? Like, you know, the something around like, you know, the secret to creating conversions would work a lot better. But again, that Gary V is a straightforward guy. He's a he's a to-your-face guy. And and by that point, you know, platform didn't matter. But so I love Gary V, like, you know, in a lot of ways. I I love his stuff and follow, but I would have told him, I would have said, Don't, don't call the book that. And I think it would have done better. 
Rich dad, poor dad. Oh my gosh. I mean, anything with the word rich, pretty much an automatic victory. Like even take a self-published book and go through Amazon and look at the ones with the word rich. Like they're, they're going, they're going to do great now. Um, uh, so you have that. I would also say that's a great book. You know, Robert Kiyosaki is actually the one who said, remember, it's not called New York Times best writing author. It's New York Times best selling author. We remind our clients of that a lot. It is um, it is a marketing game. But long term, the, the writing does matter. It doesn't have to be, you know, Nobel Prize winning or you know Pulitzer Prize winning. But, you know, the four cash flow quadrants and all the stuff that Robert Kiyosaki does in that book. Super clear. But but again, any book about money. Any book about look and, and just go look at what the mainstream people do. And we, you know, we have some clients that are very, very mainstream people. Anything on money or sex, like or health, is gonna pretty much perform well, or celebrities, those are gonna perform well. Those are all things people want. Um, and so, you know, those are topics that are universally applicable. Grit. So yeah, this one is another one that um, has become part of pop culture and vernacular. Uh, Angela Duckworth's done great. Um, you're now seeing that word being, yeah, just a part of the you know the nomenclature, which shows the the pervasiveness of the idea. Um, so I want grit. It's clear, um, pretty positive. I think you know grit. There's something about grit that is like easier to digest than just hard work. Um, Super clear, kind of positive energy. Honestly, I think that Angela is a great communicator. She's super intelligent, has a lot of connections, um, you know, had a big platform, big platform, right? So, you know, uh, TED Talk, big stages, those those things make a difference. But, but you know, I, I think grit is probably a B plus. Ego is the enemy. Terrible title. Um, terrible title. Now, Ryan Holiday, freaking brilliant, brilliant writer, brilliant marketer, brilliant thinker. I think Ryan is, is, is brilliant. Now, um, I mean, so here's what ego, the ego is the enemy does a good job of it, it. It's very clear about what the book is about, but ego is a tough word to put on the cover. I don't want an ego. I don't want an enemy positive energy test. It fails, uh, you know, I think I think there could have been a stronger title there, but Ryan Holiday, huge platform, super intelligent, lots of connections, not his first book, an incredible writer. So it still wins, but I would say that one wins in spite of the title, not because of the title, similar to like a you know jab, 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 right hook. Hmm. And I wonder, I, I would imagine Ryan's strategy was not by accident that he went trilogy and went obstacle is the way ego is the enemy. Still, this is the key. I believe what I'm probably very intentional, but who knows if that was the idea from the beginning in doing so you maybe only need, you start to build a long tail reputation. If right. one book does well, it might not matter. I, I mean, we're talking about self-help nonfiction, but if you go Hunger Games and that book starts, well, eventually you're going to want to listen to Catching Fire or read, you know, and maybe finish it out. So, because they all had the same cadence. They he kept the, the title cadence. of each of them sort of the same. And, and to that, to that, you know, this came up earlier, Sean. I don't think, you know, I think Ryan probably does everything pretty deliberately. I, I don't actually, I haven't met him personally yet, but I have a lot of respect for him. Um and I think there's a deliberate choice there of going, he wants to be aligned with kind of the stoicism. And that's something that he's fascinated by in, in studies. And so he, he can afford to back off the title test it, 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 because it's a conscious choice to go. I want my brand to be associated with something. He's not desperate for the attention or desperate for the audience, like somebody newer in their journey. Brilliant. I mean, when you synthesize all these ideas, Rory, we have the title tests, but we also need to learn so many other things too, because if we know our brand DNA, if we also know the big picture we're, we're playing to uh, towards, it's kind of like advice I've received where these are real rules. They're powerful rules. You may intentionally break them, but we have that much more power by knowing what they are and what we may be sacrificing in order to pick the title we want or whatever it is. So five Every titles, 
Yeah. Everything we do at Brand Builders Group is playing the odds, right? We're just playing the odds, right? You know, people like Dave Ramsey or Ryan Holiday, they rarely like the, the, neither of those people are clients. They don't hire us. They don't they don't need us. Now, we do work with a lot of pretty big, well-known people, um but a lot of times you reach a point where it's like the stuff matters less because it's not an exact science. Um, in fact, one of the things that we tell our, our clients, you know, we're playing the odds here. This is our best guess. All of these are hypotheses. We're teaching you things that we've learned from these painful mistakes that we've made, that we've seen our clients make. One of our clients hired us to, we, we had two clients, um, two different clients hire us to help them with their TED talk. They both requested advice on what their title should be. One of them listened to us. The other one deviated on purpose. The one who deviated didn't get much going. The one who listened to us, she has almost 3 million TED Talk views in less than two years. She just got a six-figure book deal. It's, you're playing the odds. We can't guarantee things, you know, and there are things that that buck the system, just like you go play blackjack. Uh, I don't I don't play blackjack, but if you go gamble, you don't have to follow the rules. Occasionally you get lucky, right? Like you can bet it all on black and win, but you probably long term you want to you want to do your best to, to play the odds. Um, but you know you don't let the science get in the way of the art. It's still an art. It's still an instinct. Personal branding is still about what do you feel connected to? What do you want to be known for? You know, and and you know someone like Ryan Holiday goes, I want this is how I want to be positioned. This is how I want to position myself. Super elegant and a lot of power to that. Absolutely br brilliant. Um, if you haven't watched the other episode with Rory in our library, check it out. He goes deep in a lot of their frameworks and strategy for strengthening your personal brand. Definitely take advantage of connecting with uh, brand builders at freebrandcall.com forward slash think. And then Rory, you're on social media as well. I love following you on Instagram where you're continually adding nuggets of value and a lot of different things. So if people want to follow up with you and connect with you, where's the best place they can uh, follow you and where are you most active? Yeah, that's where I'm, I'm most active is is Instagram. I, I've It's the one social media platform I've like really gotten into. And um, so, yeah, come over, DM me a question, say hi. Um, but but, uh, you know, freebrandcall.com slash think would be the, really the place to go if you want to connect up. Rory Vaden, thank you so much. My pleasure, brother. All the best. Are you ready to start or grow your YouTube channel? Do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots? Join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step -step playbook for YouTube success. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influence with video. Register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com.